Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, you're listening to the Five Minute Talk Show with Phil Iazetta. We're bringing you today's best comedy and entertainment personalities. Now, your host, Phil Iazetta. Joining us on the Five Minute Talk Show Hotline, I am telling you, this guy. There are few people that I admire more than this man. And I told him this when, when we worked together back at some place in New York a long time ago. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to say it now, Artie. I've never told anyone this story. When I was working in New York, as everyone does when they first start a new job, they don't make much money. First time I ever hung out with this guy out in Las Vegas, he hands me and my other buddy, J.D. Harmeyer, $500 in chips and says, have a good time, guys. I mean, if, that was the classiest thing already. I've worked for a lot of people. Keith Olbermann never did that for me. Letterman uh, never did that for me. You see? Uh, now now I can give you the in- introduction. Joining us on the hotline, he's going to be at the Gotham Comedy Club this Friday and Saturday night, 7.30 and 10 p.m. for tickets 212-367-9000 or go to gothamcomedyclub.com. The great Artie Lang. Artie, I'm sorry I took so long, but you know I love you. Thanks, Phil. That's fine, man. Anybody who's not calling me a scumbag is where you can talk forever if you want. Uh, but I, you know, it's funny. I, 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 you, you and JD, I, you listen. I want <laughs> you want anybody around you to have a good time. The problem is, five hundred bucks in Vegas can lead to some bad stuff too. So I'm, I'm glad you're okay. Let me tell you, that money went straight to food and rent because for we, you. we flew back to New York, I think, a day or two later. And, you know, it gets <laughs> back to reality. And $500 in Vegas is play money. But in New York City, that's two weeks worth of food. So, Arnie, yeah, man. I, I mean, honestly, you've always been my favorite. I told you that. I've still been waiting for, for you and, and, you know, Norm McDonald. I tell him this, too, every time he's out here in Vegas. When are we going to have dirty work, too? I've been waiting for this for 30 years, man. Are we going to see it? I wish you were the head of a big studio, dude, and then we could do it. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of people tell me that. I always say, you know, look, uh, I, I'm so happy, especially for Norm, uh, because he really loved that movie so much, you know, and that that's his signature film. And uh, to 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 be in a, the first big movie role I get to be in a buddy comedy with Norm was amazing. And when we did it, you know, uh, you shoot a movie, you don't know what's going to happen. But I got to meet a lot of heroes of mine. Chris Farley was in that, and Chevy Chase, and. Don Rickles and all that stuff, and oh. and, I, and I got Saget, to be Saget friends. Directed with, it, didn't he? And yeah, Saget directed it. <laughs> it, was like a, it was a comedy college, uh, you know. <laughs> and uh, you know, the fact that that's become kind of a cult uh, hit is a big deal. I, I appreciate the kind words. Oh, well, no, it has. And every time I talk to one of the guys who was in Dirty Work, whether it's you or Norm or even Bob Saget, I spoke to Bob and, you know, you bring back Don Rickles name and everyone should know (laughs) kids out there. If you want to if you want to hear the true insult (laughs) comic, regardless what you say about Jeff Ross, I love Ross, but Rickles. Rickles is on another level, in my opinion, and I say is because he lives and he will live forever. When I asked Saget about dirty work and Rickles, I said, you know, I heard this rumor that he called you the the Jewish Clark Kent. Is that true? (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, you know that that's I mean all that stuff is true. Don Rickles from we had him for one day of shooting and I think he was getting like a hundred grand a day or something. So we had a you know, we had a, we made him work like seventeen hours. And they tried writing him lines and you know, he couldn't remember the lines, he was a little older, but it's Don Rickles. It's like just look at these people and insult them. And he was insulting us off camera, on camera, in character, out of character. It was constant insults uh, for the crew. And like you say, you know, Jewish Clark Kent, stuff like that. People hear jokes like that nowadays and they, they, they want to start a march or a protest. Nice. That's that's what comedy was, man. Don Rickles is, is the essence of what comedy is to me, you know. And to work with him was a, was a pleasure. Well, that's why I'm so happy, Artie, you're still around, man. And I got to say this. Yeah. You, should, you should be protected under lock and key because you are like a, the last of the dying breed. You know, when, when I grew up, there were men. Now there's not <laughs> men anymore. And it's like yeah. I go around and I try to laugh. And, you know, there's a handful of guys. You have your Tells, your Bill Burns, sure. you know, your, your Colin Quinns that are just legendary. And, and we mentioned Saget. But when, when we go back to Rickles and, and making that movie, take us back to, to first of all, how it started. Because the story to me, Norm MacDonald, you know, you talk about guys who just hook you up and, and just. Oh, yeah. People. How did that happen? Because I've heard the story. But can you tell everyone else how it happened? Because to me, it's one of the funniest things ever with Saget again involved. Well, I, I never met Norm until the screen test for that movie. He had seen me on Mad TV, and uh, it was getting late in the casting, and they, they wanted a few people who couldn't do it, and uh, they wanted the studio wanted some people that they didn't want. And then Norm and Frank Sebastiano and the casting director had seen me on Mad TV, and they said, this guy would be perfect for it. So they're like, great, let's, let's get him to audition. And then uh, I auditioned. And, you know, everything went great. They fly me out to do a screen test with Norman Saget. And they find out, like, the night of the screen test that I had just gotten out of jail for possession of cocaine. <laughs> I had just... I just got out of LA County jail. Like, and it wasn't that long ago. And, uh, I fly out there. The screen test goes great. They give me the part and they're like, all right, well, let's just kind of get to know each other. And, um, that night I promised them everything will be great. We got to go to Canada to shoot the thing. And, uh, you know, Saget says, uh, let's go shoot some pool and get to know each other. And, uh, you know, I'm back in show business after I had just gotten, you know, maybe kicked out for going to jail and right in front of these guys while I'm shooting pool, there's three Mexicans next to us. And I buy cocaine from the Mexicans in the bathroom. <laughs> and, and I, I come out on Coke and they're like, well, he's on cocaine now. What are we going to do? So they had a, so the next morning I'm like, um, Oh my God, I, I, I wake up in my hotel room and I'm like, I just, I just, I just blew it again. I just blew it again. But thank God the coolest guy ever, Norm, called me up in a hotel room with the studio and everybody and said, look, man, I love losers. Just don't get arrested up there. And you got the part. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank God you got the part because let me tell you, that part led, of course, to, to the, the Norm MacDonald show, uh, the Norm right. show, the Howard Stern show old school, which was amazing. Yeah. I mean, and then, right. Elf, then, you know, I love this movie because you did it. And, and we were working together around the same time when it, when it came out beer league to me. And there were other movies that copied that. And it was so crazy to me that the movie beer fest came out and you could do them at the same time. <laughs> I mean, I wanted, you wrote this thing on your own. It was your baby. What was that like for you to actually create something? As a kid, Artie, I'm from Queens. You're from Jersey. We never thought of making movies. What did it mean to yeah. me? It made a movie. 
And it, and it well, really, how was you? Just, uh, well, I appreciate you putting it that way, man, because you hit the nail on the head. It's like a dream come true. I, I, you know, I, I had this idea. I always wanted to do a movie about the crazy guys I played softball with, you know. And uh, if I said if we do it right, it's got to be rated R and OPG-13. It's got to be nuts. There's got to be strippers. There's got to be drugs. There's got to be craziness. And uh, I, I, the kids that... Um, helped, you know, wrote Dirty Work with Norm Frank Sebastiano, I said, Frank, I got this idea. I wrote a short film called Game Day that I put out on a, you know, when I was on Howard, I put out on my first stand-up special as an extra. And I showed it to him, and it got in a couple of short film festivals, and Frank said, I'll write the, the, the whole movie with you. So, at the time, uh, I uh, I wasn't on Howard yet when, when, when we wrote the movie. Uh, and it sat there for five years. And Frank said, this movie's so crazy, the only way it's going to get made is if you get more famous. And then the Howard Stern Show came along, and I was able to get the money to do it. So when we were actually shooting that, I said, I can't believe this is happening. And then when it premiered and people loved it, I mean, we made it for guys like you, you know, and people that, uh, you know, would get it. And the fact that it came out and people like it so much, you know, that, that you're right, man. It's like, you know, again, uh, the, the dirty work, I got Mad TV. Everything I got after Mad TV could be traced back to Dirty Work. Because Dirty Work, like you said, got me those other movies. Got Beer League made. I met Frank. And Norm brought me on Howard to promote it. And that's how I got Howard Stern. A lot of dreams came true because of Dirty Work. Absolutely. Well, let me tell you, a lot of dreams came true for me just meeting you. Because being from <laughs> the neighborhood, I was showing. You know, you laugh, Artie. But I'm telling you, man, you gave guys like me who who tried to break into entertainment, who who had a last name that was Italian. I mean, you have yeah. the same last name as Jessica Lang, so it never, you know, it never hurt you at all. Right, but, right, right, right. But for me, coming up and seeing a guy who who kind of talked like me, who acted like me, you know, who who didn't have to sell out and you know act like he was half of something that he. <laughs> you know, that you can't say yeah. anymore. I, I mean, it, it just, it meant a lot. And that's why I thank you for staying true to it so long. And I know you're going to have a sellout this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Gotham comedy club, Chris Mazzilli, brilliant in booking you this weekend, two, one, two, three, six, seven, nine thousand tickets are only 35 bucks. Now I remember paying 75 bucks to see Artie somewhere else <laughs> in New York city, go to Gotham comedy club. <laughs> 208 West 23rd Street. Now, after that, a after the movie, you have a best-selling uh, novel, Too Fat to right. Fish. I mean, right. at what point are you like, all right, it, you know, it, it's too much now. I mean, this is ridiculous. <laughs> well, the, the idea, I mean, I don't think anybody in high school that I, that I went to high school would have thought I would ever read a book, much less write three of them. And then I, I, I you know, first, and again, yeah, right after all that happened, the book comes out and it's number one on the New York Times bestsellers. Again, it, it uh, showbiz is the one, you know, showbiz is sports, I guess, but if you don't have the the, uh, the athletic ability, I, I had some of it. I knew I was going to ever play shortstop for the Yankees. But, uh, you know, if, if you try hard and, and, you, and you got some kind of voice, some sort of point of view that makes you kind of unique, like you said, and you got people out there like you who get it, you just want to make it for people who get it. You could you could do it. it. Comedy, especially nowadays, it's it's a it's a weird uh, world, but it's also a, a fun, interesting world, you know. And I, I've had I've had success. It's nice. No, it's a weird world, and you know, one of the things I want to get to, and I'm the least politically correct person, and I almost like to say things to have people boo me or yell at me or no. scream at me. So you know, it's it's growing up again where we did 
we love guys like Roddy Piper. We love guys like Dirk yeah. Munson. You know, it's like the man's man. It doesn't matter what they say. I mean, well, exactly. How do you feel, though, about this? Because I defend the guy. I'm not saying I, I agree with what he says or what he says on Twitter, but I got to interview Donald Trump through the Stern show. And right. the experience I had with him, Artie, he was the nicest guy to me. And again, when people are nice to me, I'll, I'll do anything for him. What was, your ex- <laughs> what was your experience like with him? Because I know it was a good one. Yeah, I, I roasted Trump. I golfed with Trump. Me and Eli Manning and Trump golfed together once after I, I, I roasted him. Uh, you can find me roasting him online. It's the craziest thing ever. You see him laughing at all these gay jokes and race <laughs> jokes. And this was years before he became president. But he's just, you know, look, he's first generation construction. He's a, he's a construction New York guy. He's not a politician. That's why I think he resonated with people. I, I hung out with him at Howard's wedding. I saw him at the Stern Show a bunch of times. I Listen, I never did not have a good time with the guy. I know in the show business now, people, you know, they, they, they want to go nuts when you say that. I mean, I, I don't see what the fuss is about. I mean, he, he's refreshing. And uh, yeah, you're right. I had a great time with the guy. He's got a good sense of humor. Well, you know? that's, what, that's the first president already. That's what I'm getting at. He has a real sense of humor. This guy, <laughs> you could tell a dirty joke to. You could watch the aristocrats with and he'd get it. Yeah, no, he's he's not. Well, the thing is, he's not a politician. I mean, I said this about, uh, you know, and he's a rock star. Obama was a rock star. You know, these these guys are charismatic guys who who the crowd uh, gets into. And, um, you know, say what you want about either, you know, a guy like Obama or Trump, not not the same politically, but they just the mere fact that they exist means this is a great country. Obama was, you know, we'll, we'll make a black man president if we're pissed off at, at, at other, you know, other things in the country. And, uh, and you know, and, and, and we respect them. Yeah. And that's a great sign. And Trump is, a con, you know, a construction guy who was a game show host. And we're like, no, nah, we don't like the politicians. America will vote you out. Just the fact that guys like that exist is a great Great thing. It's a great I, I thing. love it. That's why I love the country. Hey, we had the first male black first man or woman, whatever it was. So hey, that's that's something Obama gave us too. Anyway, no, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Crashing. When I spoke to Pete Holmes, I was upset that the show was canceled. I was upset. Yeah. The show to me, one of the last great shows on television. What was your experience like? Oh, it was great, man. I, that That's the most fun I've ever had acting. I got to play myself, but Apatow and Pete got me again. They they got my my sense of humor, and they, they, they let me go. Judd was brilliant in dealing with... Uh, uh, you know, uh, comics. He's always been. He gets. He gets the best out of them in a movie or in a TV show, acting wise. And you know, he just let me riff and tell stories and got it on camera. And Pete was a perfect uh, guy to be opposite. And they, they were so sweet to me. They were very supportive. You know, I went through my hell, and uh, they, they they dealt with it. They rolled with the punches. And you know, I did three seasons of that show. And I, again, it's another thing that I'm very very proud of. I'm glad you liked it. No, it's not just liked it. I mean, when you talk to those guys and you hear about it, and I watched the show religiously, the scene in the pizza place, uh, Pete had told me that was all ad lib. If that was ad lib, that was some of the most brilliant dialogue ever. Did you just come off, off the cuff with that? 
Well, I, I had an advantage in that Judd Apatow had read my, my book, my first book, Too Fat to Fish. They loved the stories in it. So we sat there, and there was a script. and you know, uh, But the Judd needed a scene where you know someone t- tells Pete what comedy could be like, the bad side of it, the dark side of it, what could happen you know, if you're on the road and you know you get vices and, and, and different negative things. I don't know where he goes. Just when he goes, I got four cameras here. And that's the great thing about working with Apatow and HBO. They're like, they got so much money in the budget. I go, I got four cameras are just rolling. He said, Artie, just tell them about your crazy life. And that's what I did. And it worked. It worked. Yeah. That was all out completely. Artie, you gave me goosebumps with that. I'm telling you, it, it was the most amazing. You could tell that it was emotional. It was, it was, it just, anyone who knows anything about comedians or who's, who's been a part of a comic's life in any way, that really hits home. And, and thank you for that little dialogue. Cause that to me was amazing. Changing gears, halfway house, something that's not a huge budget, something that doesn't have four cameras, but it does right. have like, it does have Mike Bichetti though. <laughs> so, right. That's all you need. Talk to us about that show because Artie, to hear you on the radio again, to hear you doing what, in my opinion, you're one of the best of a handful of people to do it. Uh, what oh, what is it like? No, you really are, man. You you are engaging and you get people sucked in. An hour and fifteen minutes later, I'm sitting there and I'm like, "Damn you, Artie! How does it feel <laughs> to be doing radio again?" It feels great, man. I mean, I, I, you know, again, you need four cameras just to cover Mike Borchetti. So, uh, you know, I, I, Mike was on my show on Direct TV, and uh, you know, we we I just had a blast with him. He's so he's just there's no no other person like him. And I said I'm going to make him my co-host every day, and he's like that's fantastic. And I just wanted the halfway house theme to be crazy people I've met, you know, in, in the system, the criminal justice system, uh, or, or people who should be in a halfway house like Lenny Dykstra, and uh, and and you and. and you, Wait a time out. The Philadelphia felon. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> when, when you get into those rants, though, that's exactly what I'm talking about. When you start laughing, I couldn't for already for 10 minutes. I was laughing at you laughing at Philadelphia felon. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, well, thank you, man. That, that's, I just wanted to be real. I just want right. anything I do to seem like, you know, I mean, I couldn't be any other way. People say, you, Howard used to say to me, well, the people like you because you're genuine. I'm like, I don't know any other way to be. I mean, what am I going to do, put an English accent on and pretend like, you know, I'm <laughs> I'm in the royal family? It's, it's not going to work. So, I mean, that, that, anything I do from stand-up to the books, anything, it's just me, you know, uh, and you hope it works out. No, you, you mentioned stand-up. It, it's afforded you the opportunity to work with guys like Attell and meet people. Like To me, it's crazy how guys like Bob Levy and, and Ryan Phillippe and Pete Davidson are like the six degrees of separation of Artie Lang. Forget yeah. about Kevin Bacon. You, you knew Pete, I'm sure. You knew Pete, I'm sure, as a kid. And, and you've seen this evolution of Pete Davidson. Now he's dating girls like Kate Beckinsale, uh, Cindy Crawford's yeah. daughter, Ariana Grande. <laughs> how come you never got chicks like this when you were doing stand-up and on Mad TV? I tell you what, I, I, I lead such a crazy life. I don't want to be any more famous than I am. I'm like, you, you date Ariana Grande. Not that she would ever date me, but you date that all of a sudden, everything's on blast. And, yeah. uh, you know, God bless. Uh, but, uh, you know, look, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I always uh, I always say to David Spade, Spade always wanted to date like Julia Roberts. I'm like, just date the hottest chicken Hooters. Who cares? You know? <laughs> Well, I'll never forget at one time I had two girls escort you down the red carpet of the AVN Awards. I never yeah. got to thank you for that, by the way. But, well, but that's I'm going to okay. say thank you. That's what the 500 was for. <laughs>
<laughs> awesome comedy club this already you're one of the fastest people on earth i adore you as i said gotham comedy club 7 30 10 o'clock 212-367-9035 tickets to see Artie Lang. Get them while they're hot. GothamComedyClub.com. Last thing before I let you go, one of the funniest moments in TV history, HBO, The Joe Buck Show. That yeah. was the funniest <laughs> and most uncomfortable thing. Do you ever revisit that and watch it? And I know you probably had to say you're sorry to him, but do you ever watch it and just go, God, I was on that night? Yeah, well, on for a little while, and off. It's like I think they'd wanted to kill me after a little while. But I think you know, it's it, uh, stuff like that. Is again, it's just me being me. You know, I I I, I don't think Joe knew what the hell was coming, but they said let him have it, and we were the comedians on the show, so I let him have it. Chad Ochocinco just bored it up. It was a bore fest with him, so I tried to go nuts. But I, someone like me, I'll always go a little too far. That's what I do. <laughs> I loved it, and and if anyone doesn't know what I'm talking about, Google it up and just watch Paul Rudd's face. First episode, you canceled his show. Artie, that's why we love you so much. Artie, thank you so much for the time. Thank you for your good man, bro. I'll talk to you. You've been listening to the 5 Minute Talk Show. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and keep listening at 5minutetalkshow.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.